Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? This is a very special episode for a few different reasons. We have Jaime back, also in the flesh. He and I were actually able to talk about a few different topics, mainly the fact that he recently went on a trip with John Deere, and he gives us some insight into that particular trip. Uh, but also, he and I were able to catch up over some coffee, some lattes uh, at Earth Cafe here in SoCal. Uh, and that meant that we had to use a different type of way to record this podcast. Um, I'm officially using the Rode Wireless Go 2 for a lot of things now. And I figured, you know what, let's just clip these or in my case, magnetize them to our chest. I actually DIY'd a couple of magnets to make them easier to mount. Um, let's just go ahead and clip these onto our shirts. Uh, and uh, we'll just talk for a while um, while we catch up. So that's what you're hearing now. What I love about this is that um, these little microphones, if they are this effective, uh, will be one of the ways that we get a lot of these on location one-on-one podcasts done at places like CES or at any of the shows that we might end up going to hopefully soon as things start to sort of get back to normal. But in any case, enjoy this actual like chill conversation with me and Jaime talking about the John Deere trip he went on. Also, a little bit of talk about the OnePlus Nord 2. And then I want to get Jaime's uh, preliminary thoughts on nothing. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and get into this episode. Enjoy. This is good. I want proof of concept. Easy two-person podcast. Easy two-person podcast from Earth Cafe. (laughs) (laughs) After I finally got to take you to one of my main spots. Jesus. What took you so long, Josh? It's it's a far drive. (laughs) It is really what it is. I know. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed the, the hunting It was trip. amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. I, I got to see the Yuan Gardens again. <laughs> Sorry for anybody from China. I know it's Yuan Garden. Yuan, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't make that. De- I didn't make that connection. I just oh, think yeah. to myself, Chinese Garden in Pasadena. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's I. De- well, it's not an exact replica, but a lot of it is. Like I've, you know, I've been to Xi'an, uh, Beijing, Shenzhen, and Shanghai. But I've only been to a garden like that in Shanghai, mm. like the Yuan, pretty yeah. much. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we're going to keep looking in case our, our lattes finally arrive. <laughs> but in any case, like, I want to ask, how have you been? And how was the corn? <laughs> <laughs> I had a... Okay. So a lot of people blab about Tesla's autopilot. Did you know that John Deere has been doing autopilot for 15 years? For 15... Okay, but... Here, this might be a gross oversimplification. It is a gross oversimplification. <laughs> you haven't even said it. I, but is it a little bit like how a Roomba would map a living room? No. Okay. You map it in your, you map it pr- prior, and then you just tell it. Okay. So yes and no, but the the th- it's it's hard to explain. But it's all GPS based. It's okay. all. Um, but listen, what is the most difficult thing that self-driving cars still haven't solved? It's really not the ability to self-drive. You're doing radar almost self-driving on your on my your, Corolla. Yeah. On your Corolla, mm-hmm. I'm doing it on my Accord. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is not that. It's being able to talk to the other car. Yeah. That is the solution that has not been solved, which John Deere solved ten years ago. Mm. So for me to see like the combine be able to control the tractor, <laughs> like you're literally controlling the tractor that's next to you. Every single movement that you do, it will do. It becomes your slave. So I, I, for the for the sake of our viewers, or listeners, I should say, um, explain the term combine. Because I remember it was uh, so you combine, and Kogan had to explain it on your So on combine your... is a really big machine that you can combine to do anything, a lot of things. Like, it'll harvest a lot of stuff. 
and it just the whole process of harvesting corn which is not just picking corn that's one job but then picking corn peeling it out removing the kernels separating it that whole thing is done by one machine instantly mm. and so it, you know it's funny when when we were invited to the trip i was like what are we gonna go do like how, how does this <laughs> and then i land there and i realize how behind a lot of te other technologies in automate in automotive for example how behind the like you get on these tractors dude and you look like if you're on a spaceship mm. And you're like, whoa, like, yeah, these are $800,000, to $800,000 tractors, uh, you know, but dude, like, if you, like, in a country as big as the United States, there's no way, like, it's inhumanly possible for you to harvest all the corn that you need to harvest within a specific period of time with how big the farms are here. Mm -hmm. So it's not really just an option of, oh, we want to save money and we don't want to hire people to harvest our stuff. It's do, how many employees would you need to do what a combine does in an hour? Mm. It's insane. And so when you talk about economies of scale, I, you know, I come from a country, Honduras, you get off San Pedro Sula and you see the sugarcane fields and everything is harvested by hand. Mm. And, you know, good for that. But it's not like if they're paying people amazing, treating them like peasants. Like it, it's a very difficult conversation, I guess, yeah. when it comes to labor. But it's just the amount of effectiveness and efficiency that is provided by, the, by these machines is really hard to describe. Like, I, you know, I got there and they were like, no, no video commitments, don't worry, we just want to show you the place and you tell us what you think, what your feedback is. And I'm like, damn, now I feel I really wanted to do a video. Because there's a lot, like, we, like, this is clearly a Fortune 100 company taking advantage of all the logistics and R&D that you can think of, but for farming. You know, and I just, I, I would, I would, I find it very hard to think of an industry other than aviation that is as complete as what John Deere can do. Yeah, agriculture. Agriculture. Like, I, I've never seen something like that. And you can still do farming the old way if you want, if that's your thing. You don't need to buy these sophisticated tractors. The interesting thing is, you know, if you've got a farm that big, then why wouldn't you? Yeah. Is there a lot of, I'm sure they would say there probably is, but um, do you get the sense that a lot of our big farms in the U.S. are already using these? Oh, dude, there's just no way. Like, you have to. Okay. Like, these farms are so massive, you just have to. Mm -hmm. There's just no, like, I, I, would, I could not imagine, I, like, I, I, you know, I look at these, obviously the Honduran in me looks at this and is like, you know, I wish that I had some sort of leverage in, like, my government in Honduras, for example. Because I know that farmers in countries like Honduras can't pay for these things. But I would be one of the one of those government uh, representatives that would be like, you know, let's just buy these machines and just seed them to the farmers to improve our effectiveness and our efficiency. Because, dude, these things even have cameras to tell you how, if the corn that you're harvesting is good. Like, and the way you can plant corn one after, you know, the way you can plant corn so close to each other because the machine is so effective, I had never seen something like that before. Yeah. Or, you know, things like, for example, a lot of people don't even know or remember how the Mayan civilization died. Like, a lot of people don't remember that, you know, the Mayans thought that the, that the you know, that the land was cursed. 
mm-hmm. um, because it was not producing corn. And then, oh, the problem is it was running out of nitrogen because they were only planting corn. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea, for example, that these, con- you know, that you have to, you can play a game, which was learned by their R&D, where if you plant soybean during a, during the the alternate period where you don't, you're not planting corn, you're actually bringing back that nitrogen to the soil for you to be able to plant corn unlimitedly. Wow. Whereas in my country, for example, we stopped planting corn, I would say about 30 to 40 years ago because the land ended up without any nitrogen. Like, it's it's huh. those kinds of things where, you know, you walk into these places and I'm like, okay, now I understand why the United States is, you know, the powerful economy that it is. Yeah, and also why soybean is everywhere. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But now, you like, think about it. Your your, your family's Filipino. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, your, your family works on, you know, you have farms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the, you know, part of the way your family does a living. And just think about, you know, if you... Because of how important it is for an economy of scale to be able to do things in a specific period of time to be able to compete, without that technology, the United States would not be the monster in agriculture that it is. Mm-hmm. It's just there's just no way. You know, unless you're like in certain economies like China where you have so much labor available to you. True, true, yeah. It's very difficult. And you know, I think about it and I'm like, damn, I wish I, you know, that our countries could take advantage of this because our poor countries, our third world countries, will not be able to compete against economies like this one if they're not able to deliver in the timeliness that these farms are able to do because of the technology. Yeah. And so for me, it's just shocking. Like, I thought that I was just going to go there to see tractors. And when I walk <laughs> in there and I see that we've got, you know, there are there's some technology in those tractors that's better than your average Tesla. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. What's keeping What's keeping that technology from permeating more into oh. like the automotive industry and whatnot? The, just... Oh, that is a good question. I'm like, why have you guys not patented this? Yeah, you know, and it's really interesting. They bought their GPS country. They bought their their own GPS company in 1997, something like that. Hmm. You know, at the time, there. You know, I started working in aviation in '98, and at the time, having a GPS on a plane was still optional. Hmm. Like, you would buy a plane and it would most likely not include a GPS because it was still not considered an exact form of navigation. I'm not exactly sure if it's now certified, but at the time, you would even only get one slot to put it, whereas on an airplane, legally, you have to have two of each for anything to be legal. I see. Um, But, like, like, dude, these guys, like, jumped on that wagon pretty early on. You know, and, and it's just crazy. Like it's it's pretty ju- it's it's crazy. Like if you go to the Smithsonian, one of the one of the things that's considered one of the hundred uh, most important inventions of humanity is the John Deere plow. Oh, really? Which is now turned into a combine. A combine, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I saw that our good friend David Kogan, uh, he. Did you get to drive one? Of too? course. What was that uh, like? Oh, dude. Well, a, a lot of it was kind of boring because <laughs> all you had to do was set autopilot, follow the map, and then it would automatically route itself. Oh. It could automatically turn itself. You could automatically connect it to the other tractor. You could, dude. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, we did a little bit but of. But there was blue. no manual, like. <laughs> yeah, could... no. Of course there oh, was. Oh, okay. No, no, no. We did some of that. <laughs> but I think the automation was the the crazier part. Yeah. And then for me, it was like awesome to me like their current uh, CTO and the in the VP like it's interesting the, the VP for example of of their tech industry is the designer of the tractor um, uh, pretty much oh yeah there we go 
So I got to meet the, the CTO, the VP of their technology department, and it's just, dude, to like to sit down with the person that actually designed the tractor seats, a lot of the manual form that it, a lot of the operation, a lot of the technology is just, you know, it's, I was starstruck in a lot of this. But it's, it's interesting once you get to meet these people after you've tried it, and then there's like, why did and then they explain it to you like this has the purpose of this the cooler is there because the dude some of these farmers are in the truck for like 14 hours, hours. yeah yeah 14 hours man like 14 hour days and these are, and this is all stuff that like the average i'll use term consumer yes doesn't realize about no what dude I, I i'm like oh my god like you know i can't tell these companies to patent whatever the, it is that they do but it is just really interesting to see how Certain, like you would have never assumed that agriculture was so modern. <laughs> Who would have ever told you that agriculture was so modern and, the, and that other industries were just so behind? Do they do they ever talk about, let's say, perception of farming? Did they ever kind of mm. think of- all the time? Okay, and it has a lot to do with like <laughs> it's interesting. You know that the first tractors that they built, John Deere, like a hundred years ago, <laughs> the first tractor that they designed. They actually designed it with horse reins. I think I've seen that one, yeah. Right. So the reason why they did that is because they had a problem with farmers wanting to not use their horses. So they tried to make the tractor as similar to a horse as possible. And so it's the same thing. Like, they don't remove... Like, if you want the tractor to be fully manual and operated on your own, you can. But it's not because they need for it to be. It's just because even the perception of farmers, a lot of these men are in their 60s, 70s. They don't want to stop farming. Yeah. And so they want to continue feeling like if the tractor is something they control. Mm-hmm. So it's that perception. And then it's our perception. Like if I told you, like I'm sure that you saw me on the trip and you were like, what the heck is he doing there? <laughs> I did. Be honest. I did, but I also thought I was kicking myself. Okay. Because once upon a time, I want to say it was the 2019 CES. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did go to 2020 CES, but yeah. 2019 CES, yeah. John Deere invited me to go to their booth and they had the big yeah, yeah. tractor there. I actually declined because I thought, what the heck am I going to do? Exactly. And so I, I did the same thing. And then I did the second one. But then, then I did their presentation at you know their CES presentation that was virtual. Pretty much that was the, that was the highlight of my CES. <laughs> That's how boring the rest of CES the was. That only mm-hmm. the VR. Like I mean, John Deere was nice enough to send everybody an Oculus. Mm-hmm. You know the new Oculus Quest, and we, we were able to test you know their their whole experience out. But to see, for example, not the combine but the planter, to see how that machine in a second will dig the hole plant the seed, fertilize it, close the hole, and do that repeatedly. Like, I, I, it, I, I don't know what the number is. It's like 100 per second or something like wow. that. So I, I, I'm sure that I'm giving you a far lower number than it actually, than it actually is. Yeah, yeah. You'd be shocked at just how much, how complicated. Like, my dad will tell you. My dad is a farmer. And he will tell you how important it is for the, specific, the seed of corn to be planted at a specific depth and then soy at another depth. And so depending on the kind of seed is the treatment it gets. Dude, this machine knows that. Like you tell it what it is. You can, you can just tune it. You yeah. can just tune it and mm-hmm. it will know it's corn. It will know it's this, it will know it's that. And, wow. it, will, and it will adapt to it. Mm-hmm. 
And so, dude, like, I'm like, what kind of weed are these engineers on? Man? It must be. It's the one re- they planted. I'm like, yeah, and, and and they're like, wheat? No, no, I'm not, not wheat, weed. So here's my question, for for what we do, for future endeavors, yeah. because I'm sure that we'll have more opportunity. You, maybe we will have more opportunities to check out what John Deere has to offer. What kind of what message are we getting out to the audiences that we usually have on Pocket Now? Like, what 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 would be what would we be trying to tell our? I think that it's it's not just an audience for Pocket Now, but it's a general consumer awareness mm-hmm. of wow. Like, what would our content look like? Is really what I'm saying. No, I, dude, for I would totally make a vlog just about how. Like, I've I've worked in so many industries. Like, you know, I've worked in supply chain. And we, like, even in, I worked in UPS for how long? You know, it's difficult. Like, is this, does this cater to Pocket now? Not necessarily. But does this cater to the entire audience over generating awareness? Like tech enthusiasts too. Tech enthusiasm over how a company very silently and very in its own niche has already solved a lot of humanity problems Mm -hmm. that could serve anyone. In so many industries, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's just the, the, they're not just into tractors. They John Deere does a lot of. Hey, t- oh, nice. Is that all you're missing? I think that's it. Do you mind if I get the Yeah. So again, it's it's complicated, but for me, Kogan handled it well with the vlog video that he did. It was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty cool, and and I think that he really encapsulated what, you know, what the experience was. Which, you know, I think that. It's very difficult. Like, think about the fact that, you know, when we created Pocket Now, it wasn't, it was catering to an operating system. It wasn't really catering to the fact that it was something that fit in your pocket. Yeah. Give me one thing that doesn't operate with your phone right now. And so it's very difficult when people, you know, when I get, like, I did a Peloton review right now. And I have people, to watch it still. And people are like, yeah, I can't fit that Peloton in my pocket. I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean. You can't fit a tablet in your pocket. You can't, can't fit a laptop. But it's, it's not just that. It's like how much is enabled by mobile technology today if not everything. Yeah. And so we can't encapsulate that we're just a product review channel. Like we review technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if people are going to be happy and they wanted me to change the name to Tech Now or whatever, I mean, we can. But like, I'm not going to deprive myself from having an opportunity to try out really awesome tech mm-hmm. over the fact that it doesn't fit in my pocket. I mean, don't get me wrong, but phones are getting pretty boring. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I've, I've been, I've, I've had that dilemma myself. Right. And to be honest, like. I've actually been mulling this over. This may, this is maybe a conversation we can dive into some other time. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually starting to, aside from the work I do with you guys at Pocket Now, I'm mm-hmm. actually moving to. Mm-hmm. I'm actually starting to move into a mind space where I don't really call myself a reviewer anymore. Right. Especially on my main channel. That's for damn sure. But in general, it's like we get to try these things out and we share it with our audiences. Right. You know, I, I don't even really remember. When's the last time we actually put the word review in one of our yeah, videos? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not about that. Yeah. You know, and so it, I, I, I hate to say this, but it's just true. I mean, how different are, phone, how different are phones right now? If it's mm-hmm. not for the Z Fold 2 that I'm carrying in my pocket, don't worry. I don't have any embargo devices. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it's it's that like what else like why should we encapsulate our scope 
based on products that what is different the difference between one and the other if not to yeah you're gonna end up buying a phone and that's all cool but what can you do with the phone is the question yeah exactly and, and right just... now it's pretty limitless mm -hmm. yeah. you can control pretty much tell one of those tractors what to do with your phone mm -hmm. and that's insane there's a connection there's always a connection and right. I guess that's that's like the takeaway I want our audiences to have is like, you know, of course we want to share this because, I mean, you can hear the enthusiasm even in, in your voice right now. It's just like, it's cool. It's and this is awesome. great tech. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Who would have thought? Because <laughs> I certainly didn't when I decided I, not to go I to the John I did not. I, you know, for me at first it was, you know, I saw the tractor. I think that if I didn't see the CES um, Oculus, presentation I wouldn't have been interested in going and you know what good on them for for a company that has such old-school roots yeah to keep up with the tech no dude to keep up with the trends. you know they, they may be an old-school roots company but what they do is freaking out of this world yeah uh, you know where you know when my slight jealousy of you being on that trip like became real what was when my parents was where they were watching the local news and they started talking about the John Deere classic Oh snap! Yeah, <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, the, the the homies are there right now!" And I was hoping to see you guys in the background at one point, but they didn't. No, <laughs> no, it was, you know, obviously uh, Tim Schofield was. Well, he plays golf, so yeah. for him it was like, for me it was like, yeah, I think the last time I played golf was like 22 years ago, and I sucked at it. There's a reason why I stopped. And so, um, but it was like from the experience of going there, you know, going to an actual golf tournament to see the United States like work normally in certain places. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was great. Two things that do fit in our pockets. There is one other thing that did happen this week. Um, I woke up to it. I didn't realize it was actually happening in India and Europe, but OnePlus went ahead and just... The Nord 2. Yeah. So um, I didn't get to watch the entire thing, but it yeah. was a really big production apparently. <laughs> I didn't watch it at all. It was like a it was like a feature-length movie. Really? Practically. Like it was that kind of production quality. And then it moved into the presenters being in like a perfect white space. Yeah. Yeah. So it was that kind of presentation. So and did they say guns? Lots of guns. <laughs> they could have. They absolutely could have. Um, it did have that look. It had that yeah. feel. The the Matrix feel? Yeah. So um the Nord 2. Okay. Quick one one way to sort of uh, build this this narrative. How did you feel about the Nord One? And I'm talking about the Nord One, not the N100, not I'm, the. 10. I'm going to give you a broader question. Okay. Do you think that this is the beginning of the end of OnePlus? No, I don't. I you think don't. I think enough people are loyal enough to the brand that it'll stick around. I think that the brand is going to stick around, but like Chrysler has Plymouth and Dodge, mm. and. Well, Oppo now has OnePlus. Right. Well, Oppo <laughs> has always had OnePlus. Yeah, it's just degree. official now. It's just official, but okay. I just unboxed the Realme GT. The Same. Uh, what is it? The GT2 or just the... No, just GT. Okay. Yeah. Did you get the yellow backing? Yes, of course. Nice. If not, I wouldn't be making a big deal out of it. But then I'm holding it and I'm like, this is a OnePlus 9. Mm. Same yeah. plastic, same plastic border. Mm -hmm. Leather shell like a, like on the Find X Find X Two Pro looks pretty awesome. Yeah, um, doesn't have the bands to work effectively here. I yes, noticed. I know, but I was so bummed out about that. Yeah, but you know, it's not designed for this market. Yeah. I and agree, yet, I agree. I'm like, am I holding the new OnePlus here? Mm -hmm. Is this the new flagship killer? Has OnePlus become the 
you know, has OnePlus become the new LG in the United States where, and, and you know, it's it's not that I, ha I have a problem with it. I think that the Nord strategy where they have the Roots company in the Nord and the high quality company in the regular OnePlus brand is a thing. I'm just wondering if OnePlus has a powerful enough brand recognition in countries like the United States for them to actually, you know, I, I'm wondering if the jump was too premature. Hmm. I sometimes wonder. Yeah. Because... Well, Nord is not necessarily North American facing, right? No, yeah. no. And so this is just their strategy for these countries. And But in the in the United States, we've got the Nord 200 or the N200. N200, yeah. I mean, well, you did that review. Budget. Like, yeah. It's just, yeah. That's yeah. really the only way I can put it. Exactly. But that's the thing. Like, I... I'm just sort of confused by the strategy. Um, but, you know, they're finding success in it. It is working for them. Mm -hmm. LG just exited the market and it's up for the grabs. And, you know, Huawei was pushed out with, with you know, the lack of Google Play services. And so, you know, OnePlus is to a certain degree alone. Now you have Samsung with their Galaxy A series. You've got Apple with their SE series. Mm -hmm. And you've got OnePlus with the Nord. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the high end. And I, I just, I'm sad to... I'm sad that the high end is not really what I would consider the high end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't wow you. It did not wow me. I wanted it to, dude. You know how much of a I have a soft spot for OnePlus, and I have an even bigger soft spot for Oppo. I think that my first ever relationship was that's when you were you and I met on an Oppo trip. Very true. In Singapore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for me, like I. That was like my first ever like full-blown business trip. They treated us really well. We got to see some really cool products with the N-Series and with the R at the time. Mm -hmm. This thinnest phone ever, the flip-over camera. Like that was a very interesting phase for Oppo. And then they went into let's copy the iPhone mode because it's just what worked in China. Yeah, yeah. And you can't blame a company for looking for ways to make it, you know? Yeah, I agree. And they have, I think. The thing I feel, the thing I find weird though, because you mentioned the Realme GT, and I actually have a phone in my pocket, uh, the the Oppo Reno 6 Pro. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I I think my main issue right now with the Nord 2 is that it's just another flavor of the same phone. Yeah. All of these phones that come from the greater, it's I keep forgetting, is it BKK? BBK. Or BBK. I keep saying BKK, yeah, but that is, isn't that the Beijing uh, airport code? Yeah, um, <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, it's peak, uh, the you remember the original name of Beijing is Peking, and uh -huh. so the name of the airport is P E K P K or P P K K something. P K K, like yeah. I keep mixing those up. Yeah. Or P E K. P E K, I think. Yeah. I keep thinking it's B K K or B B K. No. So B B K. All of these companies with B B K, they're taking the same exact specs and putting them in different shells. Yeah. And while I get that that would be effective for what markets those phones come out in. It's kind of hard for us because we're literally seeing deja vu. It's all deja vu for us. Well, Which is why I think the Nord 2 doesn't necessarily excite me when the Realme GT already happened, when the Reno 6 Pro happened. Yeah. It's very much a us but, problem. But here's, it's a very much an us problem. I'm yeah. glad that you're pointing that out yeah. because the, for the average consumer, you have to remember this is pretty much like the uh, iMate Dopo. Uh, no, was it Dopo or? Doogie? No, 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 uh -huh. no, 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 no. This is HTC. Oh, HTC. So if you remember, it was XDA. Yeah. iMate, QTech. Um, I don't remember half of these. Like all these brands were HTC brands. Oh. Like for example, in Latin America, we, what we would see was QTech. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, and so for example, you would see 
the iMate K Jam, and it was actually an HTC phone. Re like HTC didn't really start using their brand until much later. Mm -hmm. Like initially, those were the brands that they would market with, and then they brought their HTC brand to the mix. Mm -hmm. And so imagine Oppo not using its Oppo name, and instead starting as OnePlus or Realme or Vivo, yeah, which exactly. is what we see today. Yeah. And uh, it's just a different strategy. Yeah, indeed. Well, I mean, I do say that it's the same specs and different shells, but there are some key differences. No, there are differences. There are there some are, key differences. Yeah, there are significant differences. Like the Nord 2, first, first other, um, whatchamacallit, with the, uh, with the Nord 2, the first other disappointment that I had was no more wide angle camera on the front. That was something we liked on the first Nord. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And uh, also the uh, main camera sensor on the Nord 2 is the IMX766, which is the wide-angle camera on the OnePlus 9 Pro. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm down but, for that. Yeah, but that's the primary and the wide-angle on the on the Oppo Find X3 Pro. Yes, there you go. So they're, they're putting the right stuff in the right places. Yeah. But I will say that all of these phones, the one in my pocket, the Realme GT, now the Nord 2, they are a proving ground for one thing, and that's that Dimensity 1200. Yes. I have to admit, it's doing a good job. Yeah. And I if, haven't I haven't tried it, so I'm I'm curious. I think you're gonna like it because when you think about it, like there's this weird like connotation when it comes to MediaTek that the moment you hear the word, it's like cheap and bad. It's not though. No. Like not their Dimensity series. Exactly. It's it's affordable, yes, but that's the point. That it's, is the point. It's good, but it's also affordable. Exactly. So in the end, I'm I'm really curious because we're in a world, you know, every time that we would go to, like, when, not every time, but when we went to India, mm -hmm. like, the word Snapdragon was everywhere. But then yeah. most of the people that we met were carrying phones running MediaTek chips. Yeah. And so to a certain degree, it became like, MediaTek has been like the democ democratizer of technology, just bringing it to the masses. Like, you're, uh, were you in the trip to Taipei? No. So in that trip, when we had a conversation with their CEO, which... By the way, nicest guy ever. Nicest guy ever. Like, you know, having like a, an open conversation about their future. And he's like, you know, we we know of companies that are focusing in like the higher end and that's all great. And we will have something for that. This was before Dimensity. Yeah. But we're really worried more on the next billion. Not on the people that already have a phone, but on the people that don't have a phone. Markets like Africa, where the you know the, the people have a harder time being able to afford a product, and we want to create products for them. We want to actually solve world needs, and at the same time, we all obviously do also want to cater to every single part of the market. But yeah. it's just interesting because you know I was doing the I was doing the the Peloton video, which is sponsored by MediaTek, and the technology on the Peloton is MediaTek. Media yeah. Uh, and I was like, huh, I had not noticed the play of words, media tech, because they focus more on TVs, like media. Mm, yeah. Like TVs, like pretty much most smart TVs are powered by media tech. Yeah. Aren't our Vizios? Our Vizio, yeah, that's a good question. I, yeah, I think that some of the Vizios are, not yeah. all of them. Not all, okay. Um, I know that pretty much a, a lot of, I think, yeah, no, Vizio it is, TCL, um, there are, there are, I think they power like 90% of the smart TVs in the market. They, have, they power all of Amazon's All of Amazon's <laughs> products. products. All of them, pretty much. Yeah, they're in a lot more places than we expect. Like they power, I don't know if they power the new, the, the new Sony earbuds, but they power the previous ones. Mm -hmm. 
Um, dude, they're everywhere. Yeah. They, the, Apple has not admitted that they collaborated with uh, with the new Beats, the new Beats that Apple just launched. Uh, the earbud ones, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's a MediaTek as well. That's MediaTek. Okay. Dude. Yeah. That's see, MediaTek. they're everywhere. And like we and, used to say, dude, for Apple to make that jump, yeah, and to to work with MediaTek, that could tell you a lot, man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I mean, how many people have you heard saying, "Oh, my Amazon Echo just broke"? I'm yeah. like, dude, I've had Echoes for years, and those things still kick, man. Yeah. I still have the uh, Show 10 right now that okay. follows you. And oh, yeah. It's still... <laughs> same, same. <laughs> well, you just mentioned audio, and we're, we're keeping this show fairly short, but uh, there's one last thing I wanted to ask you about. We can't say much about it because it hasn't happened yet, but I want your preliminary thoughts on nothing. Oh. Because that's next week, and I'm actually thinking of having, uh, what do you think of having El Jefe on? That'd be great. Yeah, I want to talk to him about audio stuff. Are you stuff. kidding me? That'd be yeah. fantastic if so, you could join. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him up on no, Twitter. No, he's awesome, man. His insight on audio is crazy. Yeah. Um. Uh, and I, I don't know. I'm curious. I am too. Like, yes, they've they've brought a lot of publicity over the uh, the nothing brand and everything. The question is, you know, right now with the Galaxy Buds in the market, with the Sony's Mark IVs in the market with apple in their airpods and most of the united states most of the people in the united states rocking iphones and loving their airpods wow this nothing has got to be something like it's <laughs> got to be something major for people to want to be like okay i won't use my airpods for this yeah it looks radical and don't they already said it's like what 99 dollars right yes but it could be 50 like for most like for a lot of people like it's hilarious how my, my son, somebody gave him a pair, my younger son, somebody gave him a pair of like cheap AirPods and he calls them AirPods. Like they have become a name. They have become a thing. And yeah. like they're like, it's crazy how Apple launched the most expensive pair of earbuds that I could recommend the least, with the exception of the pros, mm -hmm. that I could recommend the least that people love so much. Dude, people adore their AirPods. Yeah. And so I'm like, wow, these like nothing. I'm, I'm curious. Are you? They, they have to be something, man. Pun, pun, <laughs> pun intended. Like they have to be something. Every they time can't I, just be nothing. Every time I bring it up, it's always a funny pun game. Like, oh, now we will talk about nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. I, I'm sorry, Carl. We love you, dude. But that name, I mean, it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which is funny that we're talking about Oppo, OnePlus, mm -hmm. and then now we're talking about Carl. Yeah, we're talking about, yeah. Which, no. whom, whom we met originally in Oppo, then became OnePlus. OnePlus, yeah. It's very true. Good times, man. All right, well, keeping this one a little bit short, just a nice chat, catch up with me and Jaime. Uh, but yeah, um, just proven proven these Rode Wireless Go 2s, man. You never know. Dude, who, Rode, who's your PR, man? <laughs> I, I really, you know, we should be in touch, because... Like, Fisher swears by these microphones. He adores them. Yeah. I The onboard recording is really my favorite thing because it just makes these super versatile. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I'm going to try. Like, like like I said on the podcast yesterday, or not yesterday, last week, Isa's finally coming to the States. I'm finally going to be able to see my girlfriend again. And you know that she and I are going to do podcasts using these mics. Of you know? course. Yeah. Of course. So I'm looking if forward to If you have time, if you're sober, I'm sure you'll... <laughs> You'll figure out a point where you're gonna be like, hey, we should. We got we gotta do technically together. We gotta do a podcast. 
podcast, you know? <laughs> well, I might have her on for uh, Pocket Now Weekly as well. I That'd would be, love that. Yeah. I would like, like, I think, I think we need to do like a joint group chat. Could we do. need Nick Gray. We need TK. My go-tos from Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they were... I, I, I owe them the world because they have always been there yeah. for all those times. Like, I'm shocked that nobody's launched a band called Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> a grunge band called <laughs> Something like that. But, like, yeah, dude. Like, we need to do, like, a, a group chat. Uh, so many things to talk about. Uh, you know, tech, I feel that this year has become... You know, a lot of companies are becoming a little more conservative, Samsung being one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I love the strategy that Samsung has been doing lately where they're, you know, they could launch, they could follow what they did in 2019 with higher end, no holds bar, throwing the kitchen sink out there. But no, like every single product that we've seen from Samsung, like I reviewed their Galaxy A52 right now. Mm -hmm. Dude, at that price range, we going back to the topic of Oppo, the Nord and everything, and OnePlus, Dude, the Galaxy A series from Samsung is really hard to beat. Mm -hmm. Really hard to beat. And so I'm curious, like, if there is one company that recognizes the impact that OnePlus has made in the market, it is Samsung. With their A series, with their FE lineup, like, it is clear that they are out to compete. Yeah. That they are not out to let go of the crown. And so I, I'm curious. I haven't, I haven't seen too many. You mentioned FE. I haven't seen too many like rumors lately about it. Oh, it'll, it, I'm sure it'll happen at some point. Yeah, because I've, I've revisited the S20 FE. And I was like, yeah. this, was, this was a good time. It was a good phone. Yeah. All right, it well, I think fun. that should do it. I think, uh, there you go. Cheers, Cheers to that. All For right. our cafe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our cafe cast, which may or may not be more or less a thing, you know, with these microphones. But in any I, case, I'm going to go ahead and call it on this one. And uh, yeah, we'll get into the outro starting now. All of the links for Jaime and myself are in the show notes. Make sure you head over to PocketNow.com for all of the latest headlines and uh, find PocketNow on social media at PocketNow on Twitter and Instagram. And then, of course, head over to YouTube.com slash PocketNow for video content that is pretty much coming out every single day. With all of that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this episode of the PocketNow Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for kicking it with us on this one, and we will see you in our next episode.